0: Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now
3: he is Armstrong and Getty. Studio C, Chez si, Señor. Is it Wednesday already? It is. It is, sir. A dimly yes. lit room, deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager.
4: Oh my gosh, who do you go with, Gavin Newsom, Norm Macdonald, General
3: Milley, So many choices, so much craziness in the world. Norm McDonald's my general manager. You know, we often talk about uh, how we, we try to craft the show more like what real people are thinking and talking about as opposed to cable news channels. Cause, well, because that would be stupid in my opinion. But yeah, um, was I know I and people I hang out with spent a lot of time looking at Norm McDonald's videos yesterday. A lot, lot more time on that than I spent reading a Bob Woodward book. So in terms of real life. Well, that sounds like uh,
4: catering to the lowest common denominator, the common rube to me. I won't have it. This is an intellectual high ground.
3: Yeah, I was uh, pretty disappointed when I got the alert on my phone that Norm MacDonald had died. Only 61. I thought, he's not that old, is he? No, he wasn't that. Of course, when you're, scary. when you're 25, 61 seems old. So you get a little older than that, and you think, that ain't 25-year-olds, old. trust me, it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> it really isn't. In fact, there's a quote from Norman McDonald's book that I have. Maybe I'll read that later, where he talks about how uh, one thing about getting older is it goes fa- that he would like to tell young people, it goes fast, man, it goes fast, but he knows the young people wouldn't listen or understand, and that's true. Uh, but that is that is the way it works. Speaking of Norm MacDonald's book, I was reading a little more of that. I read that, bought that, read it. We had him on the show, interviewed him about it a couple of years ago. I was going to ask Hanson if that still exists somewhere. Maybe we should make that our uh, One More Thing podcast today, our interview with Norm MacDonald about that book, because I remember it being kind of charming and funny. Based on a true story was the title, right? Uh, kind There's of. A, something like that? It says it's a memoir, but he claims everything, and it's not true, but it clearly is. It's It's confusing. It's huh. uh, very confusing. It was a New York Times bestseller, but... So, uh, well, let's sh- start the show officially. Let's start the show officially, and then, and then we'll get into it. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty, and it's Wednesday, September 15th, the Ides of September. Hmm. Uh, we are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin the
4: show officially now, according to FCC, rules and regs at Mark. Why a movie with Carrot Top? He
1: was great. He did a wonderful job. What's the movie going to be called? <laughs> well, really? I know what it's going to be called. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> If it's got Carrot Top in it, you know what a good name for it would be? What's that, Norm? Box Office Poison. <laughs> and Title undetermined at this point. Chairman of the board.
5: Oh, all right. Do something with that, you freak. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet the board is spelled B-O-R-E-D.
3: I, I watched that three times yesterday, the entire seven-minute version, which is uh, pretty damn funny. But anyway, Norm MacDonald, when he would go on talk shows, the Washington Post said Norm MacDonald is the greatest talk show guest of all time, and he may mm. have been Look, going through the YouTube clips last night. He certainly cracked the hosts up the most, whether it was Letterman or Conan or John Stewart or whoever, who had him just slapping their desks. Partly <laughs> <laughs> out of a willingness to just be completely uncooperative. Yeah! Yeah, and uh, I was thinking the key to Norm MacDonald's success, I think, like I was uh, watching Morning Joe this morning on uh, MSNBC, and they were saying we'd like to play clips or just like read jokes or retell them, but in anybody else's mouth, you'd get fired or people would boo or what for some reason he had a personality that he could say the most <laughs> outlandish things and you didn't take him seriously. You knew he didn't mean it or he wasn't being mean about it. Or there's something about his smile or the look in his eye or something. Right. He was just
4: so goofy. There was some innocence about it. And listen, I'm I I need to recognize I don't know what chunk of the audience, 25%, a third, a half, are saying, I never found him that funny. He he was one of those guys. If if you got his humor or if it resonated with you, he was truly hilarious. If not, he was just kind of mystifying, but
3: anyway, we got uh clips we'll play from norm Norm MacDonald. His his last stand up that was on Netflix not that long ago is absolutely fantastic, and he looked way older than sixty one. Turns out he'd been battling some sort of cancer for ten years. I wish they'd reveal what it was as a guy who had cancer. I'm kind of interested in what uh what he was fighting for ten years that finally killed him. And he decided not to tell anybody because, and I think he was probably right, that would have ended his stand-up career. If, if the world knows he's battling cancer, he he can't go out on stage and make his acerbic jokes with the same sort of reaction. Hmm. Uh, so he kept that to himself, according to his publicist, just so he could continue to do stand-up, which was his favorite thing in the world. And all the stand-ups, I was going through the Twitter feed yesterday, all the, all the greatest stand-ups in the world saying he was the gold standard for doing stand-up just constant new written material over decades. And uh anyway, we'll play clips of that throughout the show. Um my fav my favorite one, just stay tuned for this, is
4: where he horrifies the hosts of the view. Yeah. The cackling hens. He says stuff they, they and he just won't stop and they're begging him, they're ordering him to stop and he just won't. It's hilarious.
3: He definitely had some um he had a different side to him that wasn't just stand-up. He had, uh, who was the guy who was famous for going out and wrestling the women and being... Uh, oh, Andy and, Kaufman. He had an Andy Kaufman aspect to him sometimes, where like, was like, what, kind of, what is the going on here? Right, right. <laughs> Everybody's
4: incredibly uncomfortable. What are you
3: doing? <laughs> so, um, I'm as concerned as I've ever been about the siloing of information and how we kind of have two different countries going on with two different conversations. As I took in a fair amount of news yesterday, newspapers and cable news, and you had one side, the, the 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 Fox side of things, to just use shorthand, which was really into the Senate hearing with the current Secretary of State about leaving Afghanistan. And there was some really interesting stuff that came out of there, and mostly what's interesting is how many questions haven't been answered. Um and I a huge story. I mean, there's no getting around the fact that that's a huge story. But then on all the other channels and newspapers, it was only about this Bob Woodward book that has come out about the Trump years and in particular, um, you know, some stuff around uh, chain of command and nuclear football, and we'll get into all that later. But the the, the extent to which the two orbits of politics – Have completely different conversations going on all the time. I mean, with almost no crossover. I mean, practically no crossover. It's, I don't, I don't know how you can run a nation like that if we, if we don't all gather around and listen to the same stories and then converse about them.
4: Yeah, you know, this is why we're either going to be fabulously successful or brutally uh, unsuccessful, but I find both the stories interesting sure. and worth considering and and both are great examples of of politics and spin and and journalism and the rest of it and uh, we'll we'll we'll, hit, we'll touch all the bags.
3: One of the senators yesterday got into an area of questioning with the Secretary of State, Abe Lincoln, um about the president's current mental fitness which uh, kind of came out of nowhere and Ooh, uh, i missed that oh yeah 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 oh yeah, yeah. man yeah we got to get into that because i had a story yesterday i didn't get to at the end of the show this has happened several times now biden is speaking and all of a sudden it's, it's the official white house feed of something and it all of a sudden it just stops it just stops wow. the audio stops and it goes to something else and there are some people saying that the people that control the levers on Joe Biden worry that he's about to go off script so much that he's going to do some damage, and they pull the plug on him. And one of the senators brought that up to the Secretary of State yesterday. So you know, we, you know, we got to talk about that, because yeah. that, that's, an, that's an interesting thing, which I think is especially fascinating in the wake of the Bob Woodward book coming out, where you may have had a general completely illegally unconstitutionally injecting himself into the chain of command because he believed the president was crazy. Okay, well, that's an interesting story about the last president. Is anybody interested about the current sitting president and whether or not he's got his marbles together? Since I've been in college, the whole, he's really not in charge. Right. It's the secret yep. puppet masters yep. behind the scenes. It's oh, been yeah. a cliche oh, yeah. of partisan it, politics. It goes back so far.
4: I know. Um, I remember they they hammered it with Reagan. but um, It was that and, way with Eisenhower. You know. Oh, really? Sure. Well, there you go. Okay, so it is it is a cliche of politics. On the other hand,
3: who among us actually thinks great-grandpa Joe is running things? Well, I hope he's running things, but it wouldn't surprise me that sometimes they get, uh-oh, oh, oh, he's, he's, he's kind of, okay, let's just pull the plug. Well, then, if he's if, if if somebody
4: pulls the plug, somebody cuts the mic on me, cuts my mic, we're fighting. <laughs> all right? Because they're then running things.
3: Yeah, well, yeah. That doesn't happen. At that point, they are certainly. Yeah. Anyway, so we got to talk about all those things. Like Joe said, they're both really interesting stories. Um, how does mailbag look? <laughs> I keep waiting for Michael to cut my mic just to be a wise ass. Uh, mailbag is actually outstanding, really good. A lot of topics. Cool. Yeah, and our text line, if you want to jump in any of these conversations, four one five two nine five kftc
0: Armstrong and Getty.
4: The Armstrong and Getty
3: Show. So the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, according to Bob Woodward's book, kind of took charge of the whole nuclear chain of command for nuclear power. Right. He said, look, President says anything you don't like, call me. Now, the Pentagon is claiming that's not true. Of course, they might claim that's not true because it would be completely illegal and unconstitutional and be a a huge problem. Yeah, if I did that, I'd say the same thing. No, I didn't. So, anyway, more on that coming up.
4: Yes, indeed. Plus some of the uh, really feisty hearing on Capitol Hill. The Senate grilling our hapless Secretary of State. Good stuff. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. In honor of the recall election in Cal Unicornia, Andrew sent along three great quotes from one of my intellectual heroes, H.L. Mencken. Uh, And so it's freedom-loving quotes of the day. Democracy is the theory that the common people know what they want and deserve to get it, good and hard. (laughs) Hilarious. Uh, Also, democracy is a pathetic belief in the collective wisdom of individual ignorance. And finally, the average man does not want to be free. He simply wants to be safe. Mm. That's true. That is true. It's absolutely true. Mailbag. Mailbag. In a breathtakingly tiny font, Ginny writes, uh, Thank you for bringing up Instagram. My kids are 14, 12, and 8, and I will delay social media as long as I can, etc. I'm a 40-year-old woman.
3: I struggle sometimes with getting sucked in, and the scrolling just leaves me feeling agitated. That's interesting. I'm depressed. I've I've never been on Instagram. I'm not in the Facebook world, so I don't don't even know how it works. It, it sounds very similar
4: to the feeling I get from Twitter. But anyway, she hipped us to a uh, an organization called Protect Young Eyes. And I've asked Hansen to post the link at armstrongandgetty.com. If you have kids you're concerned about with social media, it might be worth a look. It doesn't um, well, seem
3: to be as bad with boys as girls. I, 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 yeah, yeah, it's not uh, as obviously bad. I wonder if there are other effects. The boys are too busy playing... Video games endlessly to uh, look at Instagram. Yeah. The fact, and this may have nothing
4: to do with computers or social media or, or anything, I, I think it probably does have to do with porn and video games, but young men do not have the million-year-old desire to couple with a woman that has been true until very, very recently. Something really weird is going on. Hmm. May be explained by a mouse experiment of the 1970s. We'll get to that later. In the show. What? I'm telling you.
3: Now pirates. you got my attention. I'm going to stay tuned. I was actually going to switch over to music.
4: <laughs> Beautiful. On to the emails, uh, mailbag proper. Uh, my condolences to America, writes uh, Mike. September 14th, 2021 was a sad
3: day. We lost two of the greats. Rest in peace, Norm MacDonald, and rest in peace, California. Oh. Jeez. Yo, Got to talk about that later. Yeah, well, they got the results pretty quickly. Gavin Newsom will remain governor of California. Uh, indeed. Uh, William writes, uh, Jack, Joe, I'm so happy that the people of
4: California are happy with the way the state is being ruled. People must love paying the highest taxes Man. in the nation. They must love crime in the streets.
3: See, that's the depressing part to me. We will talk about that later. I want to play the speech that the governor, Gavin Newsom, gave last night after it was announced he won. and uh, And I want to quibble with his speech. Let me get my vomit bucket first, if you'd be so
4: kind. Uh, David writes, uh, guys, the guy who stole the 300 ballots, turns out he was just a mail thief. He was looking for money and credit cards and stuff. He didn't care about the ballots, mm. according to the authorities. I asked the question. Thank you, David, uh, for filling in there there the you answer. Go. Beautiful. Moving along swiftly. Uh, John, longtime listener, John, uh, who we met once in the past, once or twice, says, guys, this story about bringing back the woolly mammoth, you missed a major connection there. And I remember you asked me, Wooly Bully! How how could this cure global warming? And I I tried to explain, having read the article, (laughs) but the reasoning seemed really weak to me, and I did a poor job of explaining it because I didn't have much to work with. And John says, look, the only way to get funding these Ah, days is to have an angle toward climate change. You're
3: right. You'll get a 100 times as much if you do. You're right. You make some sort of fanciful claim that... Reincarnating the woolly mammoth will will help with climate change, and all of a sudden, everybody's one for it and two funding it. John, excellent right. point, brother. If you're excellent if you're point. saying I don't know, I just think it'd be cool. You're not going to get near as much funding. <laughs> I just like really hairy
4: elephants. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get the funding. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, let's see. Help Guys writes, series of numbers. You're my connection to the current generation. What on earth does honk mean as a response to Twitter posts? See James Lindsay. Your listeners look to you for knowledge. Uh, that would indicate you think the person is a clown. Right. You're calling them a clown. Honk. <laughs> yeah. James Lindsay's
3: really, in, really into calling people clowns.
4: <laughs> yeah. Clowns. Yeah. Just- Another whether, clown uh, honk. <laughs> whether posting a clown emoji or just saying honk. It's the dismissiveness that's so delicious. Uh, let's see. I don't know that we have time for this. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Okay. I, uh, let's do it. Uh, the unintended consequences of decriminalization. This is one of the serious problems in California is they've decriminalized crime, crime skyrocketing, it's dangerous, it's scary. I'm a member of a juvenile justice commission in a uh, California County. At an interagency meeting, we had a report from some juvenile ad- advocates about how they aren't seeing specific red flags they use to track potential parental neglect. Long story short, when people got busted shoplifting baby items, People, the authorities would say, "All right, we got a potential problem here. They obviously have a little baby, but they're stealing. So why don't we just at least see if they need any services, if the kid's okay, etc." They don't have those red flags anymore because they've decriminalized crime, and also since the state no longer allows fifteen-year-old juveniles to be tried as adults, all the gang leaders are having the fifteen-year-olds do the really ugly stuff. Oh wow, that's uh, since trouble. after their sentences, they're they're in the uh, the juvenile system, then get turned loose. Every policy yields results and reactions. You have to think two, three, four steps down the
3: road with your utopian policies. couple of giant presidential stories yesterday and more Norm Macdonald clips all on the way.
4: Armstrong and Getty.
6: Who is responsible? Who made the decisions on this? Was it the president of the United States? Ultimately, uh, the president makes the decisions, that's correct. Somebody in the White House has authority to press the button and stop the president, cut off the president's uh, uh, speaking ability and sound. Who is that person?
4: I think anyone who knows the president, uh, including members of this uh, committee, knows that uh, he speaks very clearly and very uh, deliberately uh, for himself.
3: That's Senator James Risch, and it was part of the questioning Secretary of State Blinken about the withdrawal from Afghanistan yesterday. When he got to the end of his conversation, he asked that question about who's cutting off the president's mic. And the the only reason I completely understood what he was talking about was because I had read this whole story yesterday and didn't get around to it. I wish I had gotten around to it on the air because it would have made me look more like I'm ahead of the... Curve as opposed to behind the curve, but dang it. Um, but let me go through. Here's some and the, these are New York Post headlines, but they've been in some other publications. Um, this goes back to March. Biden live feed cuts out after he says he'll take questions. Um, in August of uh, late August, which was only a couple of weeks ago, audio feed cuts out as Biden snarks at reporters. Then you've got another one from two days ago. White House live stream cuts Biden mid sentence. Okay, wow. so what's going on there? And And why does it seem to happen now and then when Biden gets in the conversation? Let me read a little bit of this, and then we'll get into more of the senator talking to Blinken and then some of the response to it. This is from the New York Times. you're talking about Senator Risch? I say tax the Risch. (laughs) By the way,
4: hilarious AOC-related story coming up next segment. I mean, LOL. (laughs)
3: And some more Norm MacDonald. We're going to play you some classic Norm MacDonald coming up. Oh, yeah, and we're going to get into the whole Bob Woodward book. Uh, various things that are being thrown around about that. So, Reportedly, General
4: Milley's eyebrows just declared war on the rest of his face. Stay wow. tuned.
3: Called his Chinese counterparts eyebrows and they had a conversation. <laughs> Apparently, those things could drive a tank. Back to this New York Post story from yesterday, and there have been several of these over the last six months. An official White House live stream of President Biden's remarks was abruptly cut off mid-sentence on Monday, just days after a report revealed that some White House staffers have stopped listening to him speak public or, for free, or he will veer widely off message. Now, I don't remember if we got to that story or not. Politico had a story, and Politico's not right-wing. Politico had a story that staffers or people in Biden's orbit... um Uh, regularly have to turn him off when he's doing a press conference or doing question and answer because they get so uptight and so worried that he's going to say something crazy. It's like sitting through your kid's piano recital. (laughs) It's just too (laughs) nerve-wracking. You don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, The other day, Biden was meeting with officials in Boise, Idaho, to discuss the wildfires raging across the western United States when he turned his attention to George Geisler of the National Association of State Foresters. Can I ask you a question, Biden asks? Of course, Geisler answered. One of the things I've been working on with some others is, Biden said, before the audio and video coverage stopped without warning. The live stream, which also included translation by the American Sign Language interpreter, of course, was replaced by a message that said, thank you for joining according to a clip posted on Twitter. um, And there has been no explanation whenever this has happened a number of times as to why did you cut it off then? Who makes that decision? There's just no response. The incident marked the latest example of the White House cutting short its online coverage of Biden, who's publicly admitted being a gaffe machine throughout his long political career, blah, 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 that whole thing. So this is what the senator was getting to with Secretary Blinken yesterday, who's cutting off his mic. And uh, Brett Baer uh, wanted to drill down a little bit with the senator. W-
6: what are you talking about here what What were you getting at with that line of questioning well I, I think uh, all of us uh, have seen this administration and compared it to prior administrations. whether you like it or not, you wind up do comparing it and uh, for whatever reason, from time to time his 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 sound is cut off, whether he's in the White House or in other places. Uh, sometimes he's hustled off at the stage where we can't uh, where the media can't get answers um, so, somebody needs to be in charge. <laughs> hmm. So,
3: so, uh yeah I know when we've all uh, seen or and you've heard us talk about the the various times where he says it says here I'm supposed to walk off the stage and not take questions, and he turns and walks off. <laughs> I've been
4: instructed to take a
3: few questions and yeah. uh, and so if he turns and talks to somebody like he did the other day and asks a question that none of his staff have prepared. they're like, Oh, where's he going now? I think somebody's just turning off the feed, worried about what he's going to say. But who's making that decision? Um, uh, Senator James Risch goes on.
0: But
6: look, I I know Joe Biden. I've worked with him, and uh, we've all seen uh, what's happened over the last couple of few years, and uh, there's a lot of concern. You're saying a degradation in his abilities? Well, I I think that uh, people have to make their own judgment in that regard. Uh, I, I can tell you this. Uh the decisions that have been made by this administration, if indeed the president is in charge of making those decisions, uh, ha- have been uh, weak at best. And uh, w- w- look, whether you're talking about the border, whether you're talking about COVID, whether you're talking about uh, Afghanistan, you can go right down the line. Everything they have touched uh, has gone south on them. And it's, it's a serious concern. So.
4: Hmm. I'm not sure what I thought of that dancing up to the line, but being
3: unwilling to even say the mildest direct thing. Well, I think that would be a pretty big deal. That would be a pretty big deal. Um, I think yeah. it, I think if you believe that as a U.S. senator, you should probably say it out loud. I don't know. Now, to give the other side of it briefly, uh, fact checker in The Washington Post, Glenn Kessler. No, the White House did not silence Biden with a mute button. He gives four Pinocchios, a four Pinocchio lie to Senator James Risch for saying that that really? has happened. Yeah. Um,
4: well, now, wait a minute. Are they denying that the audio feed broke off as he was about to, to you know, have a chat with the Forrester fellow?
3: It looks like uh, Kessler is claiming in the Washington Post that it's just when they decide to end uh, various broadcasts. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh. The, well, okay,
4: I, I I need to read that article, my the, the Kessler piece myself, I think, because I mean, th- this one would be so easy to to parse in a dishonest way. It is clear the off the cuff messaging opportunities are being cut off, tightly controlled. By the White House, maybe not in precisely the way that uh, Senator Rich was describing, but it's
3: undeniable. Um, yeah, I think so. So they they say, for instance, in this particular instance, the, the, everything was over and it was just the mics were still live and Biden was turning to a guy. Hey, see, I got a question for you. And then, you know, the, the thing was over. There was no okay. reason to continue to have mm-hmm. the microphones live. That's, right. that's what they're saying, which may be the case given the dangers of hot mics the fact that we still have a career
4: is a miracle yeah uh, yeah I, uh, that seems legit to me uh, but i again i'm not familiar with all of the uh, uh, the examples that the new york post gave
3: but i don't i don't remember it happening this abruptly with other presidents
4: or them mumbling i've been instructed to leave the stage and shuffling off could
3: that bad at Kerr. But I do think it's pretty interesting that you have on the same day you've got a sitting U.S. senator um, inferring that the current sitting president is being controlled by somebody else and they turn off his microphone because he doesn't have all his marbles the same day that this Bob Woodward book. Excerpts come out in which Nancy Pelosi calls the Joint Chiefs of Staff and says, He's crazy. You've got to take away the nuclear codes from him. He's crazy and you know it. Um, that's two presidents in a row where we've had people at a very high level from the other party think that the current president is not fit to be in office. Is that just where we are now? Um, or were both presidents crazy or one and not the other? <laughs> I was going to say it is possible
4: that they're both nuts in very different ways, but. You know these are crazy times. So who do we elect?
3: <laughs> you know <laughs> I don't know, but don't you find that kind of troubling and weird that on the, that the both of those things happen on the same day? It is odd. I'll grant you that. You have a U.S. senator asking the current Secretary of State does does basically does the president have his faculties? Is he capable of being charged? Who's in charge? While a book comes out saying the Speaker of the House for the last president. Called the general to say the current president's crazy. You need to take away the nuclear codes.
4: True right. international pressure.
3: <laughs> well said, sir. Or is it possibly that this has happened with lots of presidents, and it just we it was a different way of handling things. It was behind the scenes. Yeah, that's possible. I'm thinking back to Nixon, perhaps. I know there are plenty of folks uh, in the
4: inner circle who were pretty con- concerned about his mental state toward the end. Um, I don't recall anything specifically about the nuclear codes or anything
3: like that. I think that. Nancy Pelosi actually brought that up. Somebody brought that up to General Milley, according to the Woodward book, the Schlesinger move. That was the guy in charge uh, when at the end of days of Nixon when Nixon was uh, reportedly walking around the White House drunk uh, on the verge of uh, being booted out of office. And they, they changed the chain of command so that he couldn't uh, do anything. Okay, that's why it popped into my head. Okay. It's vaguely familiar. Yeah. Uh so they were doing the same thing it would appear according to Bob Woodward with Trump there right after January 6th.
4: You know, uh I'm asking you for a favor from America. America <laughs> do this for me. For my stress levels. 2024, let's elect a nice Midwestern governor, please.
3: Who's okay? in who's in his 50s
4: or younger. Yeah, who is clearly Mentally got it together, okay. And after that, if you want to go like radical change or or surprising choice or something like that, I'm a hundred percent with you. But let's give ourselves four years just to prove,
3: okay? Don't you think that would be good? <laughs> Another Morton Norm McDonald highlight and more news of the day. What do you think about all this? Our text line four one five two nine five KFTC. I
5: mean, it's just, I mean, I, I, I anyway
0: and Getty.
4: Armstrong and Getty Show. Remember the category famous Roberts in the Kennedy family. Who is Robert Blake? <laughs> this
2: is the sound a doggy makes.
5: Burt Reynolds. Who is uh, Scooby-Doo? <laughs> no. Yeah. That was a funny dog, Scooby-Doo. He drove around in a van and uh, solved mysteries. That is incorrect. No, that's correct. I remember, you had a pal scrapping it. No.
1: You
4: know, why don't we just move on to Final Jeopardy? The answer is this December 25th holiday involves decorating a tree and opening presents. Burt Reynolds.
1: Yeah, where's my birthday? <laughs>
3: Norm you know, Mc-
4: I think I actually share a birthday with Burt Reynolds.
3: Oh, really? enough uh, yeah. It's uh, Norm MacDonald doing his Burt Reynolds on Saturday Night Live. Back when he was on Saturday Night Live, before he got fired from Saturday Night Live for making too many O.J. Simpson jokes, which is uh, a funny thing on its own. <laughs> Lauren Michaels was buddies with uh, The Juice, right? Yeah. You're Lauren. making fun of The Juice. Or uh, some executive at NBC was. It reminds me, I was watching I watched so many Norm MacDonald videos yesterday from comedians in cars getting coffee when he was on with Jerry Seinfeld. They're sitting in a booth talking and Norm McDonald says, Well, you know, it's easy for you, you don't have kids, so you don't and Jerry says, yeah, I have kids. What? Norm McDonald <laughs> says. Jerry says, Yeah, I got three kids. Well, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um oh, by the way, iPhone Made their big announcement yesterday. I'll just tell you this from the Wall Street Journal review of the new phones, the iPhone 13. If you want a phone the size of a cereal box, the iPhone 13 Pro <laughs> Max is for you, according to the Wall
4: Street Journal. Pro Max. It sounds like a uh, a men's uh, readiness
3: aid, if you know what I mean. <laughs> We're a woman's lady time thing. Um, sure. For your lady time. Uh, Razor. Maybe, maybe more on the phones later. Yes, indeed. So
4: uh, listen to this, would you? This is so funny. So Representative Jim Banks of Indiana posted several tweets about AOC uh, appearing at the Met Gala with her Tax the Rich uh, dress on, an event where tickets are thirty to $35,000, okay? Um, so he tweeted a couple of things. For Republicans, AOC is the gift that keeps giving. He followed that with a, called it, well, the tweet was just, Tax AOC's Dress! And then he also drew attention to the fact that while AOC and a number of other celebrities were photographed without face masks, even staffers in the background all wore them. He tweeted, last night was symbolic of how the Democratic Party governs. The lowly help are forced to mask while the elites party and laugh at you. So Eric Swalwell, longtime friend of the Armstrong and Getty show <laughs> in that we love to kick him. Um, Swalwell tweets. At Jim Banks, three tweets about AOC's dress. Do you need a restraining order? Banks responds almost immediately, dropping Swalwell to the mat with, Sorry, Eric, only one of us has a thing for communist women. Oh, hey,
3: now, that's a good one.
4: Oh, down goes Swalwell.
3: Norm MacDonald would have been proud of that line. That's a fang-fang reset, everybody.
4: That's Remember right. Eric Swalwell's communist spy girlfriend? <laughs> only one, sorry, Eric, only one of us has a thing for communist women. Oh,
3: oh boy. That's pretty good. Oh, boy. Hey, uh, has anybody seen this? If not, we got to dig it up. Uh, worst pitch in Major League Baseball history happened, apparently, yesterday? <laughs> Alex, so, you, I missed it. Alex, have you seen it? Worst pitch in Major League Baseball? Yeah, we got to dig up the video and make sure we get that posted at armstrongandgetty.com. That sounds pretty funny. Yes, indeed. I'm watching a lot of baseball
4: lately, my uh, beloved Giants of San Francisco, so I am into the game. I have not yet fallen for my addiction to the NFL. I'm being strong. So Let's see how long it lasts.
3: To kick off hour number two, we are going to get into some of what's coming out of Bob Woodward's new book. Uh, Every Time These Land... Blurbs come out, selected to cause uh, everybody to talk, and uh, then nobody ever reads the book. I almost always do. And whenever I do read the book, it almost always tempers whatever was the big, controversial hullabaloo that first came out. Almost always. Context is for suckers. Shut up with your blah, blah, blah. We
4: need juicy quotes. And
3: whenever a Bob Woodward book comes out, the uh, The party in power, because it's almost always critical of the sitting president, the party currently in power says Bob Woodward is a hack and makes up lies. And that's true if he's writing a book about Barack Obama or George Bush or Bill Clinton or the other George Bush or Donald Trump or (laughs) Joe Biden. Sure.
4: Yeah. Does Bob Woodward have like a sweatshop with 25 interns typing away or an infinite number of monkeys typing out an infinite number of typewriters or something like that? He cranks out like a 450 page book every three months. And
3: he's 105 years old. I do think it's interesting that this one has a co-author, Robert Costa of The Washington Post. I think maybe Bob Woodward is kind of passing the torch or needing some help at this point because he's very, very old. But he famously just gets the best sources. He goes to people and says, look, do you want to get your side of the story out? Or do you want me to just run with what everybody else says was the conversation in the room? And, uh, And and they know that he will get enough sources that most people say, yeah, I want to get my side in there. So people talk. But you say these books that get so much attention, they're not really widely read. No, I don't think so. I don't think most people read them. He's written a few, I think, that were pretty big. But like I say, he cranks one out pretty regularly. Yeah. The, um, uh, well, I know, they aren't, I know they aren't widely read because every time I buy one and read one, there are all kinds of freaking fascinating nuggets in the book that never got discussed at all because everybody just ran with the blurbs that the publisher put out to get the most attention, like the one that's currently out that the uh, general that was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff still is, General Milley. Um, got in between the president and the nuclear football, it would look like, or at least attempted to. Now, the Pentagon is denying that. Also, that he contacted his Chinese counterpart uh, and t- tried to talk them down on the idea that Trump was crazy and going to start a war. So Well, get well he was making covert contacts with our mortal enemy,
4: China. Uh, it, it, trying to manage their military and their uh,
3: foreign relations with us out, totally outside the chain of command. Yeah, and the Pentagon is denying that that ever happened, but of course you would, you'd have to. If you said, yeah, that's what happened, you'd have hearings like today and people would have to resign, I think. Yeah, yeah, well, we're, we'll get
4: into this more in the next hour, and if you can't catch the next hour live, you can always go to your favorite podcast platform and get Armstrong and Getty on demand. We'll also talk about a, a major rock star who came from the TV child stardom uh, factory and says of the people uh, in uh, kids TV, they're all pedophiles. So stay tuned for that. Holy cow scurrilous stuff well it is far from the first time we've heard that the the child star machine is absolutely lousy with pedophiles god that's awful crawling with them
3: yeah and it's been so that k- way for even in mind it's been that way for decades yet people continue to try to get their kids into show business and put them in the hands of agents and uh producers or whatever hoping that it's changed i guess or ignoring the facts i don't know what I think there's a fair amount of ignorance and a fair amount of gold fever. Yeah. My kid's going to be a star. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's phone call with General Milley. The transcript came out somehow, so we'll have that for you, among other things.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
3: today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home
0: are the old world picturesque shores of europe calling you set sail on an adventure with avalon waterways enjoy an elevated cruising experience